Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Bitcoin Mashup Show. Okay, everyone, this is a combination of three different shows. You probably haven't heard them yet. Some are really new, and uh, one is really old. So we start with the old one. If you don't like old shows, then skip ahead about 20 minutes, and you'll get to a new one. It's outside, so if you don't like uh, outside noises, skip that one. And then the last one is was just filming at LAX yesterday. I am back in Baltimore now. I'm very busy. Uh, you'll get a brand new show in the traditional format uh, in about uh, 24 hours or so. So pound that like button. This is new material other than that 19, uh, 2016 show, though. See ya. You are listening to the Financial Survival Network. I'm Kerry Lutz, and the date is September 14th, 2016. So... You've been listening to FSN, to me, Andy Hoffman. You've heard a lot about Bitcoin, told you about my recent recent foray into it. Uh, basically, some friends didn't have any concept about Bitcoin, how to get money, how to have a wallet, any of that. So they said, hey, can you just get this payment? We're partners in a business. I said, you guys, one of you is 21 years old, younger than me, and the other is 11 years, and you guys don't know anything about Bitcoin. You guys are supposed to know about this stuff. So after I got done busting their chops and making them feel stupid, I said, sure, just send them this uh, key, and they can send me the money right away. And they sent me the money. I got it. And I moved it from one wallet to another where I was able to put the money in my bank account. And it was a relatively low transaction fee, much lower than PayPal or a credit card. And I started getting a lot of inquiries from you guys out there. And if you haven't emailed me already, email address is kl at kerrylutz.com. A lot of curiosity. What is this Bitcoin? How does it work? I'll just give you the basics. It's a cryptocurrency, online currency, appears to be hack proof even by the uh, powers that be. But somebody who knows a heck of a lot more about this than do I is Adam Meister. And Adam, uh, welcome to the show. And we're looking forward to getting educated on Bitcoin. So welcome. Well, thanks for having me on, Carrie. Hey, so Bitcoin been around, I guess, about 10 years now, is it? Well, no, since 2009, actually. Okay, so almost nine years, eight years, uh, rather, yeah. it's been around. I found out about it almost from the beginning. Uh, Trace Mayer, a common friend of ours, was having lunch with him. He said, buy some of this Bitcoin stuff. I think I had four or $5,000 in my pocket, and I could have got it just then on the spot for about 6 $7. And ah, Bitcoin, what the heck's Bitcoin? And of course, I didn't. And one of my major missed opportunities in life, along with the real estate boom, the stock boom, I mean, every boom of the past quarter century, I'm not complaining, I've done fine, but that would have been such easy money. It went up to 1200. Of course, I wouldn't have sold it at 1200. I would have sold it at 187, which was its low point until recently. Now I haven't looked to Adam, what's uh, what's Bitcoin trading at right now? 612, around 612. 612 bucks, still not a bad profit on uh, a $6, $7 investment. So Adam, we got questions for you, technical questions, and just tell us your involvement with Bitcoin, what you've done with it, how long you've been involved with this thing. 
Oh, wow. Well, you know, you actually found out about it before I did. I didn't find out about it until 2012. And it wasn't until 2013 that I I purchased my first Bitcoin. But I, I definitely became enamored with it. And I just love that it is not controlled by any government. It's easy to send. And it just has this bright future that the future, the upside potential is incredible. Uh, I, I, I buy Bitcoin. I don't even sell any of my Bitcoin. I have never sold Bitcoin. I have only purchased Bitcoin because I believe that soon enough, probably, I mean, we have to be a little patient here. I think some people get flustered by the price fluctuations, but it's been steady around the 600s, 500s for a while now. But I would say by the year 2020, at the very least, it will be worth $1,000. And people say that's very conservative. I mean, there are people who are saying it'll be worth $1,000 by the end of the year. So it is a great way to send value to other people in other countries. And I think it's going to shake up a lot of other countries' economic systems, um, ones that that have harsh financial regulations. Um, will People will be able to send their value out of these countries now. You mean like the United States? <laughs> Well, the United States does have its harsh regulations indeed, but we are pretty free with a we're able to send our money pretty easily for now compared to, compared to some African nations, let's say. I mean, for now, for now. But yeah, I don't want to get into that with you. I'm just teasing. But of course, of course. but yeah, uh, you're right. And I love the example of somebody who is Asian. They work in China. They're paid in Yuan. And to go do a wire transfer from a Chinese bank to any other bank in the world is a major pain in the butt. I mean, yes. forget it. It is nightmare. And yes. they want documentation, fingerprints. God only knows what they want. And instead, you just take your money, you buy Bitcoin for virtually for free. I mean, I guess there's some slight exchange cost. And then you buy into HK dollars and shoot it into your Hong Kong bank account. And it's all done seamlessly. It would have cost you like a couple percent of your pay to do it through the conventional means. And here, uh, the transaction costs are amazingly low. I mean, that is just the best thing because you've bypassed the whole bankster system for conversion of your money. Yes, I think... That last point that it only costs like 12 cents or 10 cents to send hundreds of thousands of dollars if you wanted to um, is amazing. And, you know, a, a bank, a bank, it takes three days and you pay them who knows what to do it, yeah. to make a wire transfer. And they record all the information and mm -hmm. who, you might have to pay taxes on it. I don't even know. This is. No one's recording anything. No government official is keeping mm -hmm. track of you with this. And it's only costing you a few cents. And it's being done. It's being sent very fast. So let me just give you an example of a transaction I did. The amount's not really that important. But I got X amount of money sent to me on my blockchain wallet. All right. And then I sent it from blockchain to Coinbase. And Coinbase is linked to my account and it cost me like a percent and a half or something like that, which is still pretty reasonable compared to PayPal or something like that, where it cost you 3%. How could I have done this more cost effectively without going to a live Bitcoin exchange and getting cash for my Bitcoin at some restaurant, say? 
So how <laughs> you see, I mean, you if someone accepts Bitcoin, I mean, you don't have to worry about anything, yeah. any transaction fees or any, sure. you know, converting it I into understand. dollars. I could have gone to overstock.com like uh, or Dell and bought a computer. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're wondering uh, how how can one avoid fees when transferring your Bitcoin back into dollars? Correct. Yes. Well, I mean, I, that's that's I mean, I guess that's reiterating my point. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I would just find a person yeah. who accepts it as Bitcoin. I mean, okay. um, I was, that is currently the cheapest way to go back into dollars is, yeah, probably through Coinbase, I guess. They do charge like a, a small fee or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you when you do do that, I mean, Coinbase is government friendly. They they use yeah. all the regulations Full they, they abide by and everything. So there's going to be a record of you selling your Bitcoin for dollars. So it people might want to avoid that because that is a I mean, it's, it's a taxable transaction. Actually, you're selling something yeah. for dollars now. So that if you Which if you are, it's fine. I'm going to report it anyway. But in this now, case, there, there yeah. is there's something called local. Bit, there's something called local bitcoins. It's a website. Right. And you can arrange a meeting with another person in person and they can give you cash and you can give them your Bitcoin. And that is definitely a way to avoid uh, fees. But, I mean, there's obviously risks involved when you're. Yeah, uh, you think? (laughs) I mean, you can do the transaction in a very public. uh, You can do it in a bank. You can do it in a a library, wherever. But still, you don't know if someone's ripping you off or not. If if you're if you're not an expert in Bitcoin or. Mm -hmm. um, But but. Again, I, I stress to people they should uh, if they're buying Bitcoin, the people are purchasing Bitcoin, which you sh- you can do easily in, in the United States of America at Coinbase.com. If you're buying Bitcoin, you should think of it as a long term thing. You shouldn't just try to you know cash out right away and, and flip it or, or or panic. And I understand that some people. Uh, you know, are offering to pay people in Bitcoin. Well, if you're willing to take that offer, you should be willing to keep it in Bitcoin. If not, you're going to have to go to Coinbase. And yes, you're going to have to sell your Bitcoin and it's it's going to get recorded. And um, you're, it'll be a, you know, a small transaction fee, a half a percent right. or a percent that Coinbase also charges. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically I did it the way I could. But so now let's look at security here. Of So Bitcoin, digital currency, you send it over the internet and we should talk about security. So how is it possible that the CIA, no government entity out there, the Chinese, the Russians, nobody's been able to actually hack the code and create Bitcoins or steal them um, out of thin air? How come nobody's well, been able to do it? It's uncrackable. It, that's that's the the guy who made it up, who we don't even know who he is. I mean, think about it. It's an anonymous person named Satoshi Nakamoto. He came up with this genius idea. And so if they can't even track him down, um, there's a good likelihood they're not going to be able to crack this thing. And it, it is uncrackable. And it's being, it's being tested every moment of the day. I mean, it's out there for anyone to try to hack. And it has not been hacked. It will not be hacked. Um, I'm not a technical genius, but I I am confident in what I've learned from the technical geniuses out there. And you do read up. Sometimes the media gets confused. And this is something very important to clear up to people. You know, sometimes these exchanges where people buy and sell Bitcoin get hacked. That doesn't mean Bitcoin. That's different. Yeah. And 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 but it is a reminder that people should not keep their Bitcoin at exchanges. That is risky. 
because exchanges are centralized locations that can be attacked and they're not protected well sometimes compared to the genius of a, a hacker. Um, what, what you want to do is you want to have a, a, a there's something called a Bitcoin trace and it is a uh, external storage device. And that's what I recommend to people. And I help people set up their Bitcoin trezors and they, they can store their Bitcoin in their own homes on these external devices and they don't have to worry about a thing. Their, their Bitcoin is safe and sound. Yeah. And then you can lock up that external device in a safe or in a safe place. And you were mentioning to me pre-call that even if you were to lose that uh, Trezor, uh, there's a recovery code so you can still get your Bitcoins back. Yes. Even if, if the thing got run over by a car, if you have, if you write down your recovery code, um, the, uh, you, you'll be able to set up another Trezor and all your Bitcoin will return. It's uh, something something technical that the Trezor people have set up and it, it works very well. And it's a, it's a good backup system just in case something went wrong. Now I've heard about people who actually print out their Bitcoins. Uh, how does that work? Well, yeah. The, so really the Bitcoin is you have a public address and you have a private address and uh, the private key, if you're storing it like a Coinbase, you don't even see what your private key, the private address. Right. You don't even see what your private address is. Um, but in the, it's, it's just a series of numbers and letters. It's a very long series of long numbers and letters. And if you you can print out that address, that long private key. And once you have that, no one else can see that long private key or else they can just steal all your Bitcoin. So that's basically what a paper wallet is. It's just a printing out of your long private key that you're not supposed to share with anyone. But once it's once you have that in, in your possession, it's safe. Um, but people do worry about printing it out because you have to print it out from the Internet. So from for a moment, it's it's on your computer if someone was looking at your computer or hacking your computer at that time, they would see immediately what your private key was. So there are there are some down down things about printing out your private key, but I mean it, it, it's okay also to do that. It's it's not it's it's a way to keep your Bitcoin relatively safe. Right, because we heard about that one guy who had his Bitcoin stored on a hard drive, and the hard drive got dumped. And uh, he was scout, and it was millions of dollars on it. And he was yes. scouring through a landfill someplace, trying to find it, and nobody could find it. So yeah, that was um, so that you could, know what that's that was his private key on that computer. So if you lose yeah. the private key, yeah, you're in big trouble at that point. You you mm -hmm. uh, you that that's another bad part about just printing out your private key and saying right. this is my Bitcoin. If you lose it, if you lose it, there is no no backup unless you remember all fifty some letters and numbers. Yeah, that could ruin your day. Yes, <laughs> to say the so. least. So now you mentioned, so this is an offline wallet. Uh, I have, uh, what did I say, tell you? It's called a blockchain, which you said for an online wallet, that's probably the best, most secure there is. What's the difference here? Well, the block, when it's blockchain.info, where you uh, store it, that is a good site. But the, the big, the big difference is that when your private key is you don't have control over your private key when it's at blockchain.info. Right. So wherever your private key is being stored at blockchain.info on their servers or wherever it is, they have some technical explanation where it's be they say they can't steal it. But in theory, if someone were to go to their physical address, I believe they could steal the 
computer that has your uh, your private key on it. You're not in control of it, and then they would have it. But when you mm-hmm. store your when you have a Bitcoin Trezor, your private key is is on the Trezor. It's on this physical device, so you are in control of it. No one else has your private key, so you don't have to worry about anyone stealing it or losing it or something going horribly wrong. You, it's you're in charge. You're responsible, and I think that's one of the the things about the cool things about Bitcoin. It's all about self control, about you controlling your own destiny instead of relying on some third party to to take care of you or, or you know a third party government to print your money. And to bail you out. There are no bailouts in Bitcoin. There are no bailouts in Bitcoin. (laughs) There's bail-ins, though, because we heard about the one exchange that got hacked and they got a third of the Bitcoins. And everybody basically, even though it was one account that got hit, everybody had to chip in. So that's a bail-in. Well, but but again, we're confusing Bitcoin and an exchange. Exchange. Yeah, the exchange. That was the the Bitfinex exchange. They did something. They got hacked. And... um, Mm -hmm. Then they they had the bail every the, the bail in that but yeah. that again that's why you don't keep your Bitcoin on an exchange the the, the actual Bitcoin is there is no bail bail ins or bailouts or they're going to print more than they say they're going to print they're only going to be twenty one million Bitcoin ever that's it that's what it's programmed yeah. in to be and that's the way it's going to be so there's there's no there's going to be no change in that way. But, you know, these again, these exchanges can do whatever they're going to do if they get hacked and they will. And that that was just an example of a hacking. And they're going to be more exchange hacks in the future. And that's why people have to be careful where yeah. they store their Bitcoin. If they're, it's not in, if you don't have control of your private key, then you don't really have your Bitcoin in, in theory, and it can be stolen. From Understand you. that. And uh, look, if they can hack the NSA, which just happened, I mean, we know that the DNC is getting hacked. If every presidential, if everybody in the world is getting hacked, to think that an exchange can't be hacked is really naive. So yes. Trezor, you think is the most uh, secure solution out there for storing your your key and your bitcoins? Yes, yeah, definitely. That it is the most uh, secure, um, reassuring storage device out there. Gotcha. Okay, so Adam, is there a way that we can contact you and find out more? And if you're interested in in uh, getting involved in the Bitcoin universe, we can connect with you. Yeah, there there actually are a few ways. You can email me at adam at trezorhelp.com. I'm I do help people with their Bitcoin trezors. Um, I, I actually don't make big Bitcoin trezors. I just love them so much. Yeah. And it is a little hard to set them up sometimes. So people needed help. I made my own mm-hmm. little business out of it. Um, cool. But you can go to disruptmeister.com <laughs> or you, you can go to YouTube and look look up Bitcoin Meister. So I go I go by a lot of names. I'm the Bitcoin That's Meister. Great. I'm the Disrupt Meister. And you can email me at adam at trezorhelp.com. Ah, I love what you're doing. That's great. And keep up the great work. We will have a link to your main site in the show notes to this interview once it's posted on financialsurvivalnetwork.com. So take a look at the, the site. We've got the new site coming up. Please take a look at the new site. Give us some feedback. It's real important. We're making changes in response to your feedback now. Uh, email me, kl at kerrylutz.com. Follow us on Twitter if you're into such things, at Kerry Lutz. And 
check out our Facebook group. I am like posting to there nonstop, continually throughout the day and night because I never sleep. Uh, you know, once you start on the internet, sleep becomes a luxury that you just don't get anymore. And doing uh, doing a lot of uh, these Facebook live posts. I plan to do one here shortly. And uh, Adam, it's uh, really been a pleasure having you on. We'll look yes. forward to having you on again as these Bitcoin issues come back to haunt us regularly, which they certainly will, no question about it. And uh, I'm going to be transacting more and more business on it because it just makes so much sense to be uh off the financial grid. I, I agree. I agree. And thank you so much for having me on. Hey, a pleasure. You be well, Adam. We'll talk to you I again soon. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the streets of LA. Bitcoin on the streets of LA. I guess that's what this show is called here. You, you've all heard that everybody in LA has to wear a mask now, apparently. <laughs> no mask on me. It's called defiance. I'm not going to be a compliant little uh, bootlicker. Most people are. It's funny. LA says they care, I, I guess, about health. They, they're worried about your health, but here you can see there's just a tent, uh, a homeless person's tent set up here. We're right off of La Brea right here, and that's fine. I mean, that doesn't bother me, but uh, this hasn't gone away at all from LA. But now you got to wear a mask. Uh, we, we care about your health, and we don't want anybody getting sick, but hey, if you're a homeless person, you can set up a, you can set your tent up anyway. You can urinate out on the street or whatever. And this is, that's what that is. And I, if the person's in there, they're cool with me, whatever. But I'm just giving you, you know, the, the hypocrisy that's, that's definitely out there. So let's talk about guilty until uh, proven innocent. That's, that's what we're living through here in California and in, in a lot of the United States right now. You're guilty until you prove it. You've got that disease unless you can prove you don't have that disease. So since everyone must have the disease, since everybody must be guilty, everyone must wear a mask, everyone must uh, obey the rules of, of being a sick person, you must quarantine yourself because you're guilty, you're sick, even though you're not sick. We're gonna quarantine all the people who aren't sick because they're really sick, they're guilty. Guilty until proven innocent. And guilty until proven innocent is a sickening way to live. That's not the way uh, free countries were set up. You're not free if you're living in the guilty until innocent paradigm. But that's what we're living in in the United States right now. So hey, deal with it, I guess. Uh, or you can speak up against it. You could be defiant like I am right here. Pound that freaking like button. All right, so each state is an experiment, obviously, uh, here in California, they're uh, very strict when it comes to the virus. But hey, in other states, they're letting they're letting up on the insanity that's been going on, and that's great. So you get to pick and choose which state is best for you. But most people are locked into their state, unfortunately. Now I am getting the heck out of here. Okay, they like the virus theater here. It's virus theater, you know. And th people feel safe now that oh, everyone else is forced to wear masks, so I'm safe. No, you, you really aren't. I mean, if if you're worried about catching something catching a cold, catching strep throat, you know, you stay inside, uh, like it was in the old days, okay? But now people are, are like, well, Adam, you're not wearing a mask, so I'm not safe anymore. No, dude, dude, it, so it's gonna make you feel better that I'm wearing a mask. You think the disease, uh, you're not gonna be able to get the disease because I'm wearing a mask. You think that's gonna save you? It is, it's theater, it's freaking theater. It's just like security theater at the, uh, at the airport. Uh, it's, it's, it's complete nonsense. But hey, if that's going to make more people feel confident, 
that there, there's that, that hey, you know, a mask is going to save the day, then I guess that's all right. Maybe there'll be more if the businesses open up again. And all you businesses, just open up. Just just open up. No one's, they can't enforce it. Trust me. They're no co- the, the cops don't even want to enforce this type of thing. But so I, I am not for the being forced to wear a mask, okay? And I'm not going to wear the mask, okay? I am not going to wear the mask when I'm walking on, when I'm walking out on the streets. I'm not wearing a mask, all right? But in, in one, there is a good point to it that some of these screaming Karens out there will at least feel better. Ooh, uh, King Newsom now says we have to wear a mask, or uh, King Garcetti, so it's safe. I'll spend money again. Okay, you freaking fool. Pound that like button now. So I wonder is how many people from California are, are going to be moving to Texas once this, all, this is all over, or Idaho. Uh, I mean, there's already been trend that that's been the trend for a while. But I mean, this 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 has gotten ridiculous now. I mean, some people, uh, the reaction online when the order came down, you must wear a mask on the streets of L.A. I mean, there, there were some people that were frustrated, but so many people are uh, locked in to their state because they own own a house, and we're going to get into that in a second. How I don't own a house, so I can go wherever. I want to go. Now, um, one thing that we've learned from this is that telecommunic- telecommuting, excuse me, if, if you work at an office, you don't have to go into the office. People have learned that. So that's, that's a positive. Now, in, in some private industries, you do. You do have to meet eventually. You do need a, you do need a central office. But let me tell you something. The governments of, of every state, of every country, they shouldn't be building any new government buildings. There is no reason that government workers need to go into some plush office somewhere, okay? All right, so I, I hopefully, will spend, the, the, the governments will save some, no, not, not the governments are into saving money, but you call out those hypocrites. If they build some new luxury government office building one of these days, say, hey, wait a second, look back to 2020. You didn't need, all your so-called workers were working from home. Not that they ever work or anything like that. And by the way, all you private industry people who are not, don't have jobs anymore because the government shut down your jobs, they didn't shut down the government jobs. All the government jobs, they're still getting paid. Now, of course, they do nothing, I mean, but they're still getting paid. Keep that in mind. So possessions, Elon Musk said possessions are an attack vector. And of course, I, I, I agree with that. I live that. If you have a house, if you have a car, if you've got a TV or whatever nonsense, if you've got a pet, it's an attack vector. It, it, it keeps you down also. It keeps you in Los Angeles. Oh, I don't want to leave my pet. I don't want to leave my big screen TV. I paid so much for it. Obviously, I don't want to leave my house. The house is an attack vector because you get sued on the house, you get taxed on the house. Car, same thing. Someone can steal your car, vandalize your car. It's always insurance goes up on your car after all this. Don't worry, the insurance rates will be going up after all this is all over. So you want to get rid of your attack vectors in life, okay? And once you've gotten rid of your attack vectors, I I once had a pet. I never had a TV, really. I had a bad TV. I had a car. I had a house. Got rid of it all. So I am free. Once a state goes draconian, like California, I can just get up, moment's notice, go go to a new state. I'm going to, uh, after Baltimore, after I visit Baltimore, I'm going to uh, Asheville, North Carolina. If that doesn't work out, I go to another state. You use Airbnb that way. That's the way you use Airbnb. A lot of people don't use They use it for vacations or whatever. No, you use it to pivot to a new state once some state gets uncomfortable. Now, I, before all this nonsense came on, and you could do it, you could go to any country once they lift a, a restriction, any state, any city, any, any country you choose, at the spur of the moment and just start anew. You got your Bitcoin. You 
take, that's where your wealth is. They can't, that's not an attack vector. They can't take that from you, okay? That doesn't hold you down. You take that from country to country, state to state, jurisdiction to jurisdiction. It's not like having a dog or a, a, a car that you can't take, that, that grinds you down, that grounds you down, whatever you want to say it is. Anyway, so use a, a, that's the way I, you get rid of your possessions. Uh, I mean, I, I basically travel around with a suitcase and a backpack, and you know, I've got some old stuff, some records stored at some relatives' houses and whatnot. You could do that too, but get rid of the stuff. It is an attack vector. Possessions are an attack vector. Once you've gotten rid of enough attack vectors, you're free to go from place to place. When things get tough, you pivot, you go to a new place, and that's it. So anyway, I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Subscribe to the channel. Pound that like button. Defiance on the streets of LA. No freaking mask. Yeah, boy. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister. The Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is May the 31st, 2020. Strong hand, long-term thinking, conviction. So I'm at LAX. This is the main airport for the second largest city in the United States of America. And uh, no one's here. It's it's unbelievable. I just wanted to show you Gene Simmons and uh, Kiss behind me there. Can you guys see that? You like these fancy sets and graphics? Pound that like button. So you're supposed to be wearing a mask and everything, but <laughs> I got I obviously have to put one to get on the plane. So I mean, I was I've been in this part of the airport before, uh, and it is usually packed and loud and crazy. And here, this is the southwest part. And you can see, I mean, oh yeah, I got my shirt on, of course. Of course. So this is really relaxing. Uh, I took a bus to the shuttle. Hardly anyone was on the shuttle. There was five people on the shuttle from uh, Union Station uh, to here. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. I think my, my flight boards in about 10 minutes. So this is unsustainable, obviously. Um, people, there's nothing to be scared of. Uh, I think a lot of people that are traveling, they take off their masks because they, they're, they're, they're brave people. If they're traveling already, they're not too scared of anything, okay? Um, and I, I saw some people that were, you know, you know, freaked out, you know, wearing white suits and had the goggles on and stuff. Look, 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 they had a hazmat suit on. But most people around here are pretty laid back. Uh, the flights are, I mean, going through security was great. Uh, I got my usual uh, pat down because I don't go through the machine. Uh, but it is, air, all these airlines will go bankrupt if people don't travel again. There's, there's nothing to be scared of. And so I'm looking forward to my relaxing flight. Uh, it, it's, this has been like the most relaxing travel experience of my life. Because <laughs> no one's around. I mean, usually what I've been on, it's three minutes I've been talking now. I mean, there'd be tons of people walking by. Have you seen any, hardly anyone walk by? There's the gift shop again. And this is so funny. This bar, they're not, it's, I guess, it might not even be allowed to be open. There are only a few places that are open here. I mean, how many places can be open if no one's here? Um, but this is the kind of place I would uh, obviously never, uh, you know, I, I don't drink. But this, this place is usually packed, just packed with people buying overpriced everything. And now look, 
Uh, so I wanted to add last night in, um, in my neighborhood in, in LA, the, the looting actually ended up two blocks away from me. I ran two miles this morning around my area and they looted a, uh, a cell phone store right at, at the corner of Santa Monica and uh, La Brea, which is right near me. And uh, the, there's a, some store that sells like antique stuff that's literally two blocks from where I am. The glass is broken in. It, it was looted. A, a, a car two blocks south of me was just – they lit it on fire. I don't know why. It was just a regular car. So those helicopters uh, last night also were news helicopters. They busted someone two blocks away from me trying to loot. So I, I watched a little – after I got offline, I, I saw uh, – by then it was a replay. But, uh, yeah, they were showing live coverage from like two blocks away from me of, of looting, of the cops capturing some dudes that, that were up to no good. So you want – everybody should watch the Beyond Bitcoin show yesterday. It was uh, – a different type of show because it was in the middle of looting. But yeah, my, I, they got real close to, I mean, it, all the commercial, the co commercial strips right near me all were looted. I didn't think it had gotten that close. Little did I know during the show, there was looting going on only three, two blocks away from my house. And some of the things I smelled were cars burning down on, uh, on Beverly Boulevard right near me. Um, no, Melrose, it was no Melrose right near me. Melrose, it was, uh, is two is a block away from where I was staying. Um, so I want I wanted to add that, but you know today uh, people are pretty. No one's really talking. I haven't heard many people talking about it. People are just going. Uh, it's so surreal. You can have like a, a major riot and looting, and people just go about their business the next day. Uh, so any questions uh, from the audience here? We got Robert is here. Robert's in Long Beach. Uh, next time up arrive in Los. Let's go running. Well, wow, I went running uh, this morning. Here, come on. Ask me. So when they say chicken or beef, you just tell them, no, I'm fasting. Oh, who? Well, yeah, I, I am fasting. That's right. I guess uh, watch yesterday's show, guys. This is the middle of my 120-hour uh, fast. Not the middle. It's the start of it. I'm only 24 hours. And I don't even care. I don't even think about it. Yeah, so enjoy LAX here. Empty LAX. Totally. I mean, you guys like fancy sets and graphics, don't you? Hey, you're getting something different today. Getting something different today. Uh, let's see what I had. Is there rioting there? And how, no, dude, there was rioting yesterday. There were it, Los Angeles uh, was was burning all all different parts of it. Uh, but today, I don't know what's going on. I was glad that public transportation was running correctly. Uh, and it, it was a pleasure. Everything runs fast when uh, people aren't using it. But we need people to get back and, and, and spend money again, not to be scared and be holed up in, in their houses. Because it, how long can this go on that there's no one at LAX on a Sunday, which is usually like one of the busiest travel days of the week? I mean, it's usually very expensive tickets and uh, I wonder what will happen tonight. And, you know, in Baltimore, you know, where I'm going, Baltimore, my hometown, they didn't have a, they didn't have looting or rioting, which is very interesting. You know, you think about luxurious, glorious Los Angeles. Um, 
And then you think about wretched Baltimore, you would expect it to happen in Baltimore, but no, it happened here. Uh, stay safe in Baltimore. Yeah, I, I will be safe. So my, a friend is picking me up and he's going to interview me and we're going to a professional studio or something. I don't know what he's even going to interview me about. It might be about Baltimore stuff. So none of you might be interested. Look, look at, uh, look at Kiss behind me. Look at these great rock stars. Can, can you see that? I see Paul McCartney, John Lennon, uh, Mick Jagger is up there. The Rock and Brews. Rock and Brews. So there's a tape show coming up later tonight. So watch the show. It's an interview with a, a, a cool dude from Norway. So prep for that. Everybody follow me on Twitter. Pound that like button. Uh, I've never done a show. No, I, I've never done a live show from the airport. They've got a great internet connection here. But probably the, the internet connection is so fast because no one is using it. No one is here. Yes, TSA requires that I wear a mask. Yeah, you see that mask? Uh, no, people are cool. I, I, uh, we are fully. I can't. I don't think I can read that at an airport. What you just wrote. <laughs> oh my God! What else? It's creepy. Echoes. It is. It's not creepy here. It was, you know, running this morning and just seeing all the broken glass out there. And people were taking pictures. and They really went all out yesterday. People were. They came up to a nice neighborhood to destroy it. At least that's what some people had in mind, because that's what happened. All right, so watch watch yesterday's show. I'm gonna get on my plane. Southwest Airlines. They didn't sell. No, no one's gonna have a middle. Every middle seat is empty apparently. So I'm just gonna stretch out there, enjoy myself. Oh, I should say check out Beyond Bitcoin. It was great with uh, BTC Benny. But yeah, I guess I'll give you some more. Uh, LAX empty LAX. Felt like there was something else I had to say. <laughs> I didn't plan the show at all. Totally spur of the moment stuff. Lele is in the house saying his stuff. Wasn't expecting a show this early. No, I wasn't either, Chunk of Dunk. But you're getting one after this at uh, again at eleven o'clock or ten o'clock. I scheduled a, a a tape one, but it's all new material. Uh, okay, I'm Anna Meister. If anyone's got any more questions, this is your last chance. I look good with long hair. Well, it's going to get cut on Tuesday, man. I'm really looking for it. Yes, it should be a great flight. It's very rare that I I take a direct L.A. to Baltimore flight. Usually I stop somewhere, don't I? Oh, yeah, usually I do stop somewhere. The only times I take... LA to Baltimore flights is like when I'm coming back from Australia, when I've already like stopped in two other places or something. Well, I hope everyone's being productive today. I just want to encourage everyone that this is what an airport looks like in this time of manufactured crisis. And you should be willing to fly now, get out there, travel around. I'm going to update you with my travels these next few days at pretty random intervals. So again, subscribe to this backup channel. Follow me on Twitter, Tech Vault. 
T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. And most important, watch the show later today that is scheduled for a premiere. And shout out, to, speaking of Australia, Bitcoin to the moon. Did I have some notes? Nah, I had no notes. All right, see you, dudes. Oh, no, 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 no.